Hello and welcome to Elite Team Leadership. I wish you were PM. My name is James O'Connor and for this episode, I was uh, fortunate enough to catch up with Jamie Glazier, high performance mindset coach, um, renowned around Melbourne and Australia, who has worked with um, such golfers as Aaron Baddeley, um, the professional circuit, to you know really elite um, poker players like Joe Hashem. Um, so today, in this episode, I was really fortunate enough to sit down with him. Um, we really nutted out some really cool strategies and different uh, techniques he used with his clients and how you guys out there listening can really grab a hold of these and really apply them to your life. So I really hope you can really listen in for this episode. It's really cool. Um, we actually caught up and we're sitting out a bit of sunshine in the uh, in the park, but then midway through this uh, podcast episode, it starts to, to uh, spit down rain, which is a typical Melbourne weather, but uh, it was fun nonetheless, and I really um, got a lot out myself listening to Jamie speak, so I really hope you enjoy this one. So sit back. Uh, enjoy this and make sure you take some notes and um, most importantly, really action these items and really uh, from this episode, go you know, put them right into practice within your life and you'll um, over time, I'm sure you'll see the results. So enjoy. Hello and welcome to Elite Team Leadership. I wish you were PM and I'm really excited today to have Jamie Glazier here. Uh, mental performance coach um, and he's come across to have a chat with us today about really improving your game in terms of whether you're in a business or in sports and really giving us some really cool key strategies and tips um, so really excited and uh, welcome Jamie thanks James thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be on the show fantastic so Jamie tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done in the past yep. um, just to give our viewers and all listeners um, some bit of information about what you're doing. Um, so for about uh, 12 or 13 years, I've run a, a company called Dare to Dream, which uh, specializes in mental performance. And um, I sort of got into the industry, uh, before that I was a tennis coach and, and an elite tennis player and a relatively elite golfer, but um, my mind held me back and, and let me down. And um, as a, a lot of us sort of can relate to. so. I started to sort of do a lot of research and development on my own mind and um, some of the things that I came across were, were really profound for my own performance and I just thought there wasn't enough information out there, especially to the sort of teenage young adult market that um, uh, about how to use your mind to, you know, to, to full effect. So started Dare to Dream about 12 or 13 years ago and um, yeah, sort of been working with a, a variety of industries, uh, specializing mainly in sort of teenage young adult athletes. but. Um, uh, have through the last 12 13 years sort of dabbled in a lot of different areas and um, yeah it's uh, it, it's a, a massive passion of mine yeah absolutely um, now Jamie was just telling me earlier that you've come a few different industries over the years you've done um, you're saying obviously a lot with athletes um, you've worked with um, sort of Commonwealth all championship sort of style athletes yeah um, you've been in the poker industry yeah. um, you're saying your wife's a professional poker player yeah my wife is a, uh, a, a gun poker player so um, <laughs> yeah she's uh, uh, probably uh, uh, it's hard to say she'd be I think top five uh, female poker players in the world Wow um, and um, yeah, she's uh, one of Australia's uh, you know, best poker players. So well, I'm a shocking poker player, so maybe you need some tips in that area. So am I. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so am I. So. Fantastic. So, um, what I'd like to really um, touch on, uh, we were just having a conversation before about how a lot of people know how to physically train themselves, yep. um, and say an athlete, they really know how to go to the gym and what sort of workouts to do. 
um, and you're really bringing that in a, in a really strong way to over the last number of years in the mental side of things. Yep. Um, so for people listening, whether you're an athlete or a business owner and you really want to improve your mental game, yep. um, just give us um, some of the key areas that you really focus on with people you work with um, and, yep. and how maybe these people could apply it to their own lives. Yeah, look, I think when starting the business years ago, one of my biggest philosophies was... Um, as you said, we, we all know about physical training and about, you know, we, we go to a trainer, we get a, a program to strengthen all aspects of our physiology, um, you know, our legs, our upper body, uh, and, and we do that to prevent injury. Now, from a mind point of view, um, we need to do the same to our mind, preventing injury, being preventing either uh, mental health issues from occurring um, or preventing yes. poor performance. So. Um, I've sort of tried to break the mind down similar to the body and focus on some key muscle groups within the mind to, um, to help achieve a good quality performance. So, um, you know, things like self-belief, having a really good quality self-belief that, um, uh, that you're in control of, uh, a good clear self-identity of who you are, um, understanding what focus is and how to trigger it um, and switch it on and off. Um, so there's a lot of sort of uh, a variety of areas that... Um, that I sort of focus on, and, and I like to create specific exercises for people to uh, to implement, or what I call create a daily ritual um, that they do every single day to make sure that they are uh, helping their minds sort of performance. So it's really um, a key aspect is going to be a daily thing and being very consistent and stacking upon a day in day out approach. Yep, absolutely. You know, people will uh, you know some of their daily rituals now might be brushing their teeth which is looking after the health of their teeth. Yes. Um, it might be taking their vitamins, so that's helping the health of their body. But when I ask people, what do you do every day? What's the one thing that you do every day that's looking after the health, the health of your mind? They can't answer me. Yeah. And then they wonder why, you know, things like um, depressions are uh, an interesting word because what most of society perceives depression as is this really dark black space. But depression could be you feel down one day that's a mild form of depression or you feel down for a few days that could be a mild form of depression people don't know what it is they just they feel flat they're low on energy um, you know so uh, we have to I believe we have to implement daily rituals that looks after the health and well-being of your mind from a mental health point of view but also a mental performance point of view yeah and just I guess separating mental health from mental performance are yeah. they are uh, the strategies you use the same for both or what's the, what's the difference and how do you... Yeah, like some of the exercise or some of the strategies can be the same, it's just the nature of the exercise might be different. So, um, you know, it might be visualisation point of view, uh, we can implement some visualisation from a specific performance, whether it be an athletic performance, whether it's you're giving a, a talk, uh, you know, in, in front of a group of people, um, you're presenting something or visualization in regards to a mental health issue. So um, there's, a, there's, there's a different, um, I suppose, focus point within that visualization uh, that, that caters for mental health or mental performance, but um, the exercise itself is, is the same. Yeah, okay. So if you, um, say I, I was a client of yours and came to you and I was struggling to maintain focus, yep. um, and I found myself wandering and not being able to get things done, yep. um, what sort of things would you most likely implement for me for my daily routine? What are some key things you might say, James, this is what you should do on a daily basis yep. um, to help you improve your focus and, and get the jobs done at hand? 
I think the first thing is educating people on what focus is. Very few people have uh, a, a real understanding of what focus is. Like if I said to you, James, uh, uh, as a teenager, um, were you ever told to concentrate? Yes. Whether it be in school or at sport? Sure, yeah, 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 absolutely. Did anyone ever tell you what concentration was and how to strengthen it? No, no, absolutely so, not. So, to me that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Throughout our, all our upbringing, we're told to concentrate, but no one ever sat you down and go, hey, this is what it is, yeah. and this is what you need to do to, to, to strengthen it. So, for me, I take, uh, I call it my, um, uh, my triangle of success, and yes. at the bottom is concentration which is the lowest form of mental performance. Okay, our mind concentrates 24 hours a day. It's always got something in it. Yes. But that doesn't mean we're gonna achieve a high level of performance. Yes. So then the next step is focus, is getting people to start to sort of narrow their mind's focus onto a smaller volume of things. And then uh, the most, I suppose, important element of, of mental performance is what we call attention. Yes having complete attention on what you're doing right now. Yeah. So if you can train your mind on to having its attention on what you're doing right now, then that's gonna help you to sort of redirect all your attention and, and perform at a higher level. So there's, there's I, I, I give people a focus exercise to do. Um, there are certain uh, brain training apps out there that I, I get people to, to get on and, and practice because that's a, a great way to strengthen uh, people's focus. What sort of apps would they be? Um, like Lumosity. Lumosity, uh, okay. Lumosity is a good one. Um, another exercise I give, which just everyone can do, is uh, you get the daily paper, you flick it open on a random page, you, you see a, uh, you know, a quarter page article, yep. and then what you do is you read that article from top to bottom, and then close the, the page and try and remember some of the key components of the article. Yeah. And you just write them down, like what date was the accident, what was the car involved, what was the person's name, what was their age. like all the key components to the article, yep. can you remember them? And yeah. that's just a, uh, a great exercise to make sure when you're reading an article that you are completely focused and have all your attention on what you're reading. Yeah. Not thinking about what you're having for dinner while you're reading it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I'm sure a lot of people listening and even myself, I find myself as I read a lot and you might read a page and you go, what did I actually just read then? So you go back and read it again. Absolutely, absolutely. Ha happens all the time. That's interesting. And you're saying you could do something like that on a daily sort of basis and um, like that sort of activity. Absolutely. If you were to do that on a daily basis, one article, which is a short, possibly a, uh, a five-minute exercise, guarantee that your mind, uh, your mind's performance will be will be getting stronger within a within a two to four-week period. Um, your level of focus, your ability to focus, will uh, will probably more than double uh, just in a couple of weeks by just even implementing that one article a day. Yeah, so that's a cool exercise for everyone listening. Um, you can really apply it to your life, and you know, within two weeks, I'd be fascinated to hear some results on that, uh, which I'm sure you'll get. So that's um, um, really exciting. Um, Another cool and really key concept I'm a huge believer in is self-belief. Yep. Um, and you yep. just touched on that before. Um, I think that is so so integral to people's success going forward. Um, you know, whether it is starting a business or whether it is you know, taking their sport to another level. Yep. Um, what are some key um, strategies people could use in that sort of area and, and really work on that? Because some people from even with working, you work a lot with high-performing people in sport and that. Yeah. But just the people who actually even lower than average even like yep. to get them out of that to, to a good level yep. let alone elite level yeah well it's uh, I feel there's 
um, more scope for improvement for mainstream society than there are for elite people because elite people, whether it be elite athletes, they've had access to some of this information in the past. But Absolutely. someone that's just what we classify as mainstream being uh, they, they've gone through their education, um, they've gone through university, they're uh, working in a bank, um, they, they don't get access to a lot of this high-performance mental training. Um, yep. It's very you know, athletic-specific or... Um, people that have come across disorders of some sort. So one of the biggest things that I sort of talk about with, with self-belief is confidence and self-belief are very different. Okay. Okay. Confidence is something that we um, uh, that, that is impacted by the here and now. How did I perform today? That then changes the level of confidence we have. If we have a bad day, our confidence drops. If we have a good day, our confidence rises. Yes. But self-belief, no matter what happens, a good quality self-belief will always remain the same. Yes. And you can hear it in people's language. Years ago, I worked, um, a good friend of mine is uh, uh, a good golfer, Aaron Badley, and we, we did some work with Bads. And when, uh, when he came through onto the US tour, um, he struggled for a couple of years. Yes. But in his language, it was never... His self-belief never dropped. It was always, I'm working hard, I'm on the right track, yes. it's only a matter of time before yeah. I win again, before I do this again, before I do this again. Where people that rely on confidence only, their self-belief gets dramatically impacted by a period of one or two, two bad performances, um, yeah. a week or two. So getting people to understand, you know, are you low on confidence because of how you perform today? Because let's not, let's not let that impact your self-belief. Yeah. So what we like to do is, uh, you know, a lot of self-belief is revolved around um, acknowledging your level of performance and what you did well today. So if you lose a match, what are the things that you did well? What are the processes that made up a good performance, even yeah. though you might have lost? And it's just reinforcing those and repeating those. So there's, there's an exercise I do called um, a post-day routine. Yep. It's uh, at the end of every day. You sit down and you write five things that you were really happy with and proud of yes. from your performance. Not whether you won or lost, but what did you do that you were happy with and proud of? And then they need to write down two things that they learned from today that they want to improve tomorrow. Yeah. So in most people's language, that's what were the two things that you stuffed up on? Um, most people think about, you know, well, I didn't do this very well today yeah. and I didn't do that very well. Um, we flick it around and go, okay, what... What do you want to do better tomorrow and how can you improve that? And they write those things down and then when they wake up the next morning, they reread their five and two. Yep. And it just starts to um, control their mindset and their attitude and what they're focusing on. Yeah. And uh, inevitably over time, that, uh, I won't say positive, I'm not a big fan of the word positive and negative. Um, it's more productive. Yes. So over time, that productive process is going to have a good quality impact on their self-belief. Yeah. So um, just just that one simple little exercise, and we've got probably another dozen or so exercises that we can implement to suit, you know, a, a variety of people. So just with um, negative and positive, why do you sort of stay clear of those oh, words? Well, because we hear it a lot. We hear yeah. it, uh, positive this and negative that. Or well, positive self-talk. You know, mm. it's uh, we're sitting here in a park and it's raining on us right now, and um, you know, I don't have to worry about my hair going curly because I don't have any. Um, but if I was to have positive self-talk and go, oh, okay, well. The sun's going to come out in a minute, you know, or my hair's going to grow back. Like, there's so much positive self-talk that actually has a, 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 an unproductive impact on people because they don't really believe it. Yes. Okay, so what I talk about is 
whenever you say something like in businesses there's a massive focus on return on investment I say the same thing with everything that we do from a mental performance if you say something what is the return on your investment the emotional investment that you've spent on saying that statement so when we, we talk about affirmations or setting goals um, I much prefer to use the word productive than positive because we can measure productivity but yeah. we can't really measure positivity if that yeah. makes sense yeah so That's absolutely it's interesting um, I guess um, going forward to you um, currently this year you've got some really areas you're sort of focusing on um, really working on um, some really cool stuff yeah uh, look it's um, wanting to uh, you know get uh, get this uh, this information and, and some of the strategies that I sort of worked on with my clients through the last 13 years and seen seen how much of a positive impact that that stuff has had on their lives wanting to try and get that out to the to the masses a bit more and um, so looking at uh, creating some uh, some online training programs and um, also trying to create um, a little bit of a um, a little bit of a uh, uh, an opportunity or market to spread the word to um, you know to a large number of people um, so uh, um, that's what we're sort of got going uh, I've started a thing called the dare to dream project and um, it's just a, a weekly live stream um, on twitch TV and uh, what we try and do is uh, go through um, a, uh, a live stream 30 minute show people can get in the chat box ask me questions and um, and I can sort of give give them some tips and just talk about different components of mental performance. So um, having some meetings the last sort of week or two um, that may sort of be put on hold a little bit because we we may have an opportunity to take this to the masses in a in a, in a much bigger um, sort of I suppose uh, more powerful way. So um, yeah, pretty excited about what what uh, what's ahead of us and um, hopefully the name and the brand Dare to Dream and the Dare to Dream project is something that. Um, uh, every Australian will sort of hear about in the next sort of six months or so. Yeah. So. Just cutting back to sort of um, different areas you work with, you were talking before a little bit about, um, uh, you're actually comparing to poker players and um, and then um, comparing them to elite athletes. Yep. Um, do you, what are the sort of correlations between, I guess, business to, you know, to elite athletes to something like a poker player and, and um, what are the similarities, I guess, as well between the high performers in those areas? Yeah, look, it's it's really really interesting because when I started working in the poker industry maybe five or six years ago, the industry was very uh, it lacked education or training on on the mental game. Um, from a, st a strategy point of view, there was a lot of information about the game of uh, the game theory behind poker. And um, one of the things that I love to talk about from from an athletic point of view is athletes um, are so well trained in the mental game because they create what you know routines this is a routine like you look at a Maria Sharapova in tennis after every point she'll stand with her back to the net playing with her strings and that's a routine she does every single point to condition her mind to get ready for the next point to process the last point and get ready for the next point um, so sports uh, athletes are very highly trained and, and, and have an understanding of the power of routines or daily rituals and what I love to do is, is whenever I work with someone outside the athletic world is just to start to build and create a daily routine or a ritual that helps them to perform at their best and corporates um, and uh, and a lot of other people um, uh, outside of the sports world 
don't really rely on routines, but when they start to implement them, it's amazing how well they perform. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's interesting. And what um with your daily routine, would you recommend it takes part in first thing in the morning, like really get the the day going at the right time? Yep. Like in my own um, studies and that and work, it's people constantly talk about the morning, getting that right, get yep. yourself set for the day. Yep. How do you focus with your guys you work with? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we would call it a, either a pre-game routine or a pre-day routine. Uh, so for corporates or for, for any non-athletic person, it's a pre-day routine. What's the first thing you do each morning to reset your mind, reset your emotional system to get ready for the day ahead? Now for me, it's exercise, it's a gym workout. Yep. Um, but not only is it a gym workout, like I, I do uh, a lot of my social media posting in that hour and a half when I'm at gym. So in between sets, people think, oh, he's playing with his phone, he's not really focused, he's wasting his time, but I'm actually fo focusing on my mind. So I'll create some uh, Instagram posts that um, I put out there uh, about you know motivation, inspiration, focus, um, gratitude, whatever it may be. Although people think I'm doing it for my followers, it's actually more for me at that point in time to get my mind prepared and ready for the day ahead. So. Um, so first thing in the morning is is really crucial, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter what your routine or your ritual is. What I ask people is, what state do you want to trigger, and do you want to create first thing in the morning? Yeah. Is it confidence? Is it, is it happiness? Is it gratitude? Is it clarity? Well, focus, whatever it might be, and then what can you do first thing in the morning to help you access that state, help you trigger that state, and then what things can you do to make sure that you're you know if throughout the day you are taken out of that state for some reason how can you reset back into it and um, you know everyone's different um, some people may need focus to perform well other people may need relaxation being relaxed or being calm or being confident like so everyone's different so um, yeah it's uh, it's a matter of finding out what state you feel you need to perform at your best and then what are you doing first 30 minutes of the day to help access that state. So basically you're saying you sort of start with the outcome in mind, so you yep. really know what you want to achieve, what yep. sort of state you want to achieve, um, and then understand that not everyone's the same, and so you got, you know, so I, even myself, I get caught, you get caught up where you, you listen to some, you know, really business leader or a sporting leader, and they do it a certain way, and you're like, yep. that's the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not yeah. always the case. You no. can have your own routine, yep. your own triggers to get you back where yep. you need to be to perform Absolutely. and achieve your goals. Absolutely, it was funny because I've been doing this for, I, I was a tennis coach for 10 years, then, then I, I've been doing this for sort of 12, 12 years or so, 12, 13 years, and um, I, I started working with a professional tennis player uh, about a month or so ago, just had a couple of face-to-face -face sessions, and then the other day we had our first on-court session. And I sort of fell into the trap of having this preconceived idea of what I was gonna focus on. Um, as many people might do when they're, you know, salespeople for example, they go in there knowing what they're gonna say to sell, and not, actually take notice of the person they're selling to yes. so after about an hour or so of trying a few things I could see that none of it was really working she wasn't gelling with what what we were trying to create and um, and uh, it was funny I sort of for the first probably 20 minutes I I sort of went yeah this will work this will work and then when I really realized we had a conversation I realized from her feedback that hey this is not working I've got to try something else um, I tried a couple of other things and then we tried one thing and it was just perfect. It was the, it was the Mac Daddy for her. It was just uh, exactly what we need to focus on. But that took about just over an hour to find that thing. Um, that's quite quick, like in, in a way. Well, that's what I said to her. I said, sometimes it might take me three to six months to yep. find that thing. And although for me, 
I think I'm pretty good at what I do. I expect I should be able to find that thing in 20, 30 minutes, but um, I know through experience that that's not the case. Yeah. And, and all coaches are like, you know, yep, uh, I'm great at what I do. I can get an outcome with this person quickly, um, but that's not reality. So uh, so after a little while, we um, yeah we found that thing. And then for the next 45 minutes, uh, her state didn't change or alter at all and she was performing in a state that had a dramatic positive impact on her performance. Her, her reactions were, uh, were great, her focus, her attention, her emotional control, um, her ability to come back, uh, resilience, we call it ability to come back after a bad point or a bad shot. Um, you know, normally in a point, um, if she mishits a ball, uh, she, she won't recover from that. She's like, oh, that's a bad shot, I've lost the point, but the ball's still in play. Um, all of a sudden, she bounced back from that shot before she'd even hit the next shot, so it was, you know, that thing for her, uh, you know, it took took us an hour to find. But as we spoke about it, it that could take months generally. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I guess with you know you achieve that state so quickly in, in a group setting. Yep. Um, I know you work in business as well and groups and that. Um, how do you apply that across? Like, how are you applying that to a team of people yep. and um, and getting them to like even a football team collectively? Yep. You see it in the AFL where teams just dramatically change. You sort of think it's just all between the years, but you know they're doing the work. Yeah. Um, so, how do you apply that to a group setting and really getting the best out of a team? Yeah. Well, you would probably have heard the saying, uh, "Questions are the answer." Um, when we create uh, a, a group environment. Asking the right questions is the most important thing because if I ask a, a, an open-ended or a generic question, each individual in the room will process it differently and answer it differently, but it's specific to them. So that's the great thing about it is um, making sure you know uh, what questions um, are going to have a powerful impact on a variety of people because when John's sitting in the corner and Susie's sitting in the other corner, you ask one question, you're never going to come up with the same answer. And the good thing is, you don't have to. So what we do is we, we, we create a program whereby we ask these questions, they'll, they'll write down the answers in their, in, their, in their notebooks, and then I'll know that from their answer, then the next question needs to be here. And the answers can be uh, you know, very, very different. But the next step is always going to be the same process. The next question is always going to be the same process on how to sort of create their what we classify as their success strategies. So, um, uh, you know, the, the group environment is um, is a lot easier than what a lot of people perceive it, it to be from a performance point of view. So, um, and uh, and also opening up the floor to make sure there's good quality conversation back and forth. I may be the person taking the workshop, but I'm not the only person involved in the workshop. So yeah. I make sure I, I open the floor up very early on to anyone can ask any question at any point in time without interruption it's just you stick your hand up stop me wherever i am because that question that they may ask is going to open up a whole nother conversation that might benefit four other people in the room so yes. um so yeah that's what a, a good workshop is uh, is um a uh, good quality communication between the whole group not just the person taking the workshop which yeah that's uh in terms of people um who you work with or want to work with you do you have a process on people you, you actually do end up working with and, and and or are you just happy to sort of work with anyone who comes along and wants to like i guess you want to work with people who want to improve yeah um yeah. you wouldn't go and work with someone who d doesn't really want your help at that particular yeah. point yeah look i get um unfortunately with uh, working with a lot of teenage uh, sort of elite athletes the first point of call is generally from their parents their parents want them to work with me but when i sit down with johnny or susie um 
they're not that happy to work with Nippon because they don't really think they need that, um, and they're not, you know, not emotionally ready for it. So, um, so I am just, I'm very happy and open to work with any individual, no matter what their their goals are, no matter what their uh, uh, their hurdles are, providing they're committed to their development. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, there's a few times where, you know, if, if I'm selling a five-session package with someone, uh, after three sessions, I know this is going to be. Uh, it's just not the right time. So, you know, they get a refund of their money and I just say, hey, listen, come back when you're ready. Yep. Um, and I'd like to challenge people uh, um, during sessions to make sure that they know uh, the process of what we're about to go through. It's not going to be easy. Um, creating new habits, creating new patterns is, um, is challenging for people because yep. I like to take them out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, any work I do with someone, I don't want that work to last a day or a week. I want it to last the rest of their life. So yes. I have to challenge them to step outside their comfort zone so those changes are long-lasting. So, Do you notice with people in particular, um, I, I find you hear a lot about everything's very easy and very, uh, this doesn't, um, doesn't take long to learn this, and this program's really easy to do and you'll have it going fast. Yep. Um, do you, what's your opinion on you know challenges and having people uncomfortable? Like yep. obviously, I'm a firm believer that um, uncomfortable is where the growth happens. Yep. Um, yep. So you sort of you would regularly challenge people to be in that sort of area and absolutely, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big uh, I, I focus a lot on creating what's classified as a growth mindset. Is um, I didn't lose today, I learned today. Um, so everything is about and, and even. Yesterday I had a session with a, with a professional golfer, a European tour player that I work with and she's um, been working together for years but um, just yesterday we went out there and after she hit a shot, um, I'd ask her, what did you learn from that? And then she'd you know, give me a feedback and then the next shot, what did you learn from that? And that, even after bad shots, that learning mentality, that growth mindset um, helps people to detach that negative emotion from their performance. and. Uh, I talk to her a lot about. I need you to be informational, not emotional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, because the success is in the information. What just happened, and what do I need to improve on? It's just feedback. Yeah. Not how do I feel about that shot? Because if it's a shit shot, they're going to feel shit. Mm. Um, if it's a good shot, they're going to feel good. Um, but that's not that's not where consistent performance, high level performance, comes from. It's what just happened in that shot. What did I do to, to, to create it, good or not so good? And um, what do I want to repeat or what do I need to fine tune? So um, yeah, so that, that learning mentality is, uh, is, is a big one. I, and that's one of my daily rituals is I sit down at the end of the night, I've got my journal, and I just sit back at, and, and look at the day and go, what did I learn today? What, towards my goals, I know what my goals are, I know where I want to head. What did I learn today that's going to help me, or did I do that was helping me move towards those, or what did I learn that might have been helping me move away from those? And then I just go through a five, ten minute process of, of thinking about the day, and then I make some notes, close the journal, wake up the next morning, read it, start again, do it again. And um, it just helps us to, you know, the, the one shot at a time mentality. Why can't we in life have a one day at a time mentality? Yeah. You know, like it's. Um, we all know the importance of it from an athletic point of view, I like but that. Yeah, yeah, one day at a time. Just we all know where our goals are. I think um, I, I think I made an Instagram post today. I'm just going to get it up and have a look and see what I, I, I actually uh, I read. If folks wanted to look at your Instagram post or um, follow you, what what's your? Uh, at the moment, it's um, Dare to Dream. So D A R E number two uh, Dream underscore Project. 
dare so, to dare dream with the numeric number underscore project. Project, yep. So, um, uh, and I put something there about goals. Oh, here we go. So I, I never lose. I either win or learn. Um, yeah. Uh, so at times our future goals can have a negative impact on our mental health because um, feeling overwhelmed with how far we have to go and doubting whether we'll ever get there. Um, take time to accept and appreciate where you are right now. Um, success and happiness are how you approach the journey, not the destination. So that all makes sense. As fluffy as it sounds to a lot of people, Yep. I look at, well, okay, that makes sense, but how do we turn it into a practical form? I need to break anything and everything that I say into an exercise that people can go and put into. And that end of the day, what did I learn from today? Just that one day at a time mentality. Your daily ritual before you go to bed is to write that down. Yep. Um, for me, I've been through quite a few uh, sort of setbacks and hurdles in my life. I spent 15 months lying on the ground. Um, this was probably the main motivator behind starting this business. Um, when I was a tennis coach looking to become a professional golfer, I, uh, I ruptured two discs in my lower back and spent 15 months lying on the ground and was told wow. I'll never ever play sport again. Uh, I'll walk with a walking stick and most likely be in a wheelchair. Um, wow. So that's what really threw me into mental performance. Um, and uh, I, I, the way that I was able to perform mentally and emotionally through the, the, the one of the toughest periods of my life, um, because of my daily rituals, it was just one day, this is it, one day at a time, I wake up, can I somehow go for a walk? Can I do some stretching? What can I do today to help me get to that one more, you know, one road to recovery? And, yeah. um, and so I just, I saw the power personally of, of my daily rituals. And um, again, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we, it's just so powerful. So, um, yeah, absolutely, Jamie. Well, sort of coming towards the end of the episode here, um, this is really um, fantastic stuff, and I think everyone listening is going to really love it. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool, and I think that's everyone should adopt is that learning thing. And actually, I'm personally going to adopt that as well. I really yeah. like that idea yeah. of each day and, and writing down what you learned for the day. I think it's yeah. a great habit to get into. And these are really simple things that you can just really apply, can't you? Yeah. Straight off, uh, yeah. off the bat, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. The simpler the, simpler, the better. Fantastic. So just in, in, in wrapping up, um, if you had, final sort of question, if you had three key pieces of advice yep. to pass on, the best piece of advice you could pass on to people wanting to achieve more, yep. uh, what would they be in a, in a, you know, in a quick format? Um, be nice to yourself. Um, yeah. don't, don't be so critical and uh, don't put, just, you know, put so much pressure on yourself to, to get results. I love that. Um, yeah, be nice to yourself and, and, and focus on the processes, not the outcome. Um, you know, we're, we're such a result-driven uh, society that um, it just, it doesn't help uh, performance. So, you know, whatever your result is or your, your result goal, your outcome goal, break, break it down into what things do you have to do to help you achieve that and then get your confidence from doing those things no matter what result it's getting right now because if the outcome's not what you want now, it might be in a week, it might be in a month. Just keep focusing on those good quality processes and. Um, uh, you know, the most important thing uh, I think is is being nice to yourself. That that, that good yep. quality, productive self-talk um, is, uh, is 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 the most important thing. I always love the question with that. Be nice to That's great. You said that. I love the um, question you ask yourself is if your mind was another person, would you be a friend of that person? Yeah. And I think it's cool to think of, you know, like that, whether you'd actually be a friend to the voice in your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yep. I think a lot of people don't really talk positive, or talk um, in a productive way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do a lot of um, what I classify as self one, self two, the two personalities in our mind, and everyone has them. 
Self one's the positive person, the optimistic person, the encouraging person, and then self two's the the negative, the unproductive, the disempowering voice in our head. Uh, you know, we're going to go out on a Saturday night and we look in the mirror and we're like, "Geez, that shirt's you know, I don't I don't look that good, I don't feel that good." And you know, women think they're the only ones that sort of have those type of conversations, but uh, men have them as well. Blokes don't, out there, got don't them. worry. Um, <laughs> that's why there's so much, you know, mental health scope uh, and focus on men at the moment because we we experience very similar things. We just don't talk about them as much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for most people, when we go through that self one, self two, what percentage of the day does self two control your thinking, and what percentage of the day does self one control your thinking? Um, when we get real with that, and we go, shit, you know, 70% of the time out that 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 unproductive voices in our head. I just challenge people to just every day try and flip it by 5%, you know. Mm. Let's over the next couple of weeks try and get it to 50-50 mm. um, and then you get a bit of momentum with how, how you know, having self one control your thinking, how that makes you feel um, and, uh, you know, within a month or so, let's get it to 70-30 self one and uh, even that alone, that exercise alone just has a dramatic difference on uh, impact on people's performance. Yeah, we keep talking forever on that, but just, <laughs> just quickly on that one, if you were finding yourself um, talking in a negative way to yourself, yep. Yep. what is a, a quick little tool you could maybe um, just apply to get yourself back into that, into the number one, as you yep. sort of say? Yeah, so what I do is I get a lot of people to wear an elastic band around their wrist, and whenever they're aware of a, of a negative or an unproductive self to sort of a conversation, they snap the elastic band on their wrist, so the sting's there. The sting detracts, distracts their mind, which actually stops the chemical release of that negative or unproductive thought pattern. And then that's like a wake-up call. And then I say, okay, well, I want you to actually think or say the complete opposite self-one orientated conversation. Yeah. And then that alone just changes the chemical release in their brain and uh, they start to feel totally differently. So. Um, and uh, the earlier you can catch that that you know, unproductive voice in your head, the um, the less chemical response or the less physio you know physiological change you'll uh, you'll experience. Yes, that's so. really cool. So you're basically wearing an elastic band on your wrist when you find yourself talking negative to yourself yep. in an unproductive way. You can yep. just flick that. Yeah. That sort of motion can really twitch and change your state into yep. A, yep. A, a lot more productive one. And yep. Um, yep. I think you, know, you can get your five percent from that from yep. a daily routine. That's really great. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, giving your time today to chat with us here. Um, and I really, I'm sure the people listening will love this interview and um, got a lot out of it. So thank you very much. Yeah, no, great to be on the show. Thanks, James. Fantastic.